He's a part of the legendary Pombo family of Central California, representing the city of Easton. Michael Pombo is our next guest here on Getting Up to Speed with me, Ben Dethridge. In this episode, he's going to talk about how he got started in the racing, his background in it, things that he accomplished in 2022, and the future, 2023, as he steps into the famed Stan Greenberg number 37 entry. That's coming up next on Getting Up to Speed. Hello, I'm Ben Dethridge, and I'm the host of Getting Up to Speed. We talk to sprint car drivers from the Pacific Coast, whether they race in Oregon, Washington, California. If they run it, we're going to talk about it. Also branch out a little bit, as well as drivers that perhaps are from here that race elsewhere, or some drivers that come in and try and take some money from the West Coast. In these episodes, we talk about past experience, past seasons, as well as upcoming races, as well as how's the season going. We hope you enjoy these episodes. Be sure to hit the like button and subscribe. It really helps us out. And stay tuned for more and more content. Now let's get into the interview. Well, he's on the phone now. Really looking forward to this interview from Easton, California, Michael Pombo. Michael, really looking forward to this and spreading the gospel of St. Michael uh, and getting your name out there and telling fans and folks about you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Last year, 2022, I had you down for 22 wing 360 starts, eight top tens, three top fives. An incredible statistic, though, two podiums at Placerville Speedway. How would you rate 2022 as far as things went, um, considering you guys just kind of bounced around and ran sort of an open outlaw schedule? Uh, yeah, it, well, it was my first year running for full time for the Mike Mitchell, the 98 car. And, uh, so the biggest thing was we just wanted to hit as much racing as we can and, and mainly just get better every night. And I, I think we did that, you know, especially one of the tracks we did very well at, uh, was Placerville. We ran good there, won a lot of heat races and, you know, did pretty decent there. And, and a big part of that was my, uh, my crew chief, Rob Solomon, he's a, he ran there with Steven Tyner a lot. Uh, so he, he kind of had a, a good idea of what to do and, and how to make us good there. And, and it definitely made a difference. Yeah. Seven starts producing looks like three top tens, two top fives and the aforementioned two podiums, which for folks that are listening, maybe perhaps from the Midwest or the East coast, Placerville Speedway weekly three sixty sprint car competition attracts a lot of cars. Uh, you're looking at well over 30 cars just for a weekly show. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them are tough cars, you know, I mean, you don't get the, the real heavy, heavy hitters every weekend, but you still got, you know, well, at least last year you had your Caleb Henry's, you know, Andy Forsberg, who's, mm-hmm. you know, one of the most successful people I'd say at Placerville. So there's still a ton of fast guys and that track, it, it gets a big old curb stacked up and, you got to really finesse it up there. And, and then on the bottom, you know, to run the bottom there, it gets so slick. There's just a fine line. You really got to slow down. So it, it's, it gets good race. And though it's probably one of my favorite places to go here in California, but it, it's, you know, anywhere you go in California, I'd say it's tough. Well, and you had some good runs, uh, yeah, at ocean two top tens and five starts and in kind of your neck of the woods in the central Valley, th- uh, Thunderbolt raceway in Tulare, two top tens from six starts produced yeah yeah ocean actually i say is one of my biggest struggles of racetrack i I don't know why to be honest i just can't get the hang of that place i always seem to struggle there and and tulare kind of the same way uh tulare will will chew you up and spit you out so it's that place doesn't forgive anybody 
So it, it's uh, to Larry, you just kind of it's it's like I've heard riding a jet ski. The harder you run it, the the, the easier it is. Sure. So that, that's just a big thing to to get over that to Larry, especially you got the hole going into one, so you're bouncing around. It's it's a tricky place, but that's also I'd say possible in Larry would be one of my two favorite places. I, I love running both of them. Absolutely, that those are. Those are really two incredible racetracks, two distinctly different racetracks, too. Yes, yes. For 2023, what's on the horizon for you? What's that schedule looking like right now? Uh, well, uh, the old car I used to drive for was Mike Mitchell, the 98 car. Uh, wanted to take a step back from racing uh, in 2023, so I was uh, going to just run for my dad and uh, – I got to talking with uh, Stan Greenberg, the owner of the Western Metal Number 37 car, and we were able to work something out. Uh, so we're going to run, you know, some King of the West stuff, uh, SEC T360, same thing as we did last year, basically, or I did at least. Uh, just kind of bounce around and, and run different races that are convenient for us. Awesome. Yeah, and there's been uh, – that car has had a lot of success through the years. Steven Tyner had some success in it. Uh, Mitchell Faceno, a lot of success in it. And looks like you potentially could be in line with success with Stan. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, some, some good shoes to fill there. Uh, Mitchell was fast in that car and Steven, he was fast too. So like I said, Mitch, Mitchell won a lot of races all throughout California, King of the West, SCCT won a lot of races. So it definitely, the car is, is, is good enough to win. It's the driver's got to do his job. Sure. No doubt. No doubt. But it, it's got to be exciting. And, you know, the team's based out of the Fresno area, Easton, a part of the Fresno area as well for folks that don't know where that's at. And, um, yeah, it's, it's so cool to see for me at least. So, you know, I consider myself getting into the California scene in 2005 or so when I started to branch out as, as a broadcaster and really get to meet and, and know people and, and it, I always thought of Central California, and this is stubborn, ignorant, young me, no longer, for the record, disclaimer. Um, but I always thought of Central <laughs> California, you know, non-wing country. You know, the Sprint Bandits, SCRA 360s went there a lot. USAC West Coast spent a lot of time there. And, you know, your family, the, the Farias, um, you know, Peter Murphy spent a lot of time running non-wing stuff. And... And I always kind of considered Tulare, Hanford, Bakersfield, you know, non-wing country. And in the last 10 years or so, there's been just a huge youth movement and a renaissance, not exactly a youth movement, just a lot of guys from the Central Valley going wing 360 sprint car racing and traveling to other places as well. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny you say that because actually my, my, like you said, my dad and, and raced non-wing back in the day. And, uh, my cousin Davey raced non-wing, you know, for a long time. And my brother Albert, you know, he started in 2005 and, and raced until like 2009, 2010, but it was all non-wing stuff. You know, my, my family never really did run wing cars and, and my dad still, hey, he loves sprint car racing in general, but the wing racing still, he, he, he would rather move to Indiana and go non-wing racing. You know, that's, that, that he, he, that's what he loves. And, uh, you know, that's, I'm not even saying I might have ran non-wing, you know, but like you said, it, it, it kind of did die off really bad. And 
and wing racing, I, I think at least 360 wing racing in California right now is in its prime, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can get, you can get 30 cars across four different racetracks, you know, and if they were all the, which is hard to do, but if they're all team up, you could get, you know, 60 cars every weekend, you know, all throughout California. Cause there's so many cars. I, there's, I mean, tons and tons of cars, 360 cars in California. Sure. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the Kings of Thunder is a major reason. I think specifically Thunderbolt and, and Kings and Hanford have, have really reemerged producing really good car counts when they run granted that they do have some, uh, off months due to the heat and everything, but, uh, it's helped in develop, you know, like a little mini series, similar to what rebel cup did, you know, in the, the nineties and the two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think the Kings of Thunder deal, it, it kind of did cause it, in, in the Valley here, it, it kind of did fall off. I guess the wing stuff did and up North and Chico Plashville never really did fall off. And, mm-hmm. uh, the Kings of Thunder stuff, it did bring it, you know, back, up to life a little bit down here. You know, I remember at a time, I want to say it was 2015, 16, they were getting, you know, this was before Kings of Thunder, but they were still getting about 20, 22 cars locally here at Hanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, well, I think Steven Tyner was running down here a lot from up North and sure. there was guys coming down a couple of them and run, you know, down here and it, it did bring it back. And I think the FCCT really, really opened up 360 racing in California. You know, they've, the first couple of years they did it, they had 60 cars a night, you know, at, at some racetracks. So it, it definitely did help. And I know now they're, they're trying to really push the 410 stuff to kind of bring it back to, to life in California. Yeah. And it seems to be working and not just in California, but in, in Washington, as well as, uh, you know, even there's some sprinkling of races in Oregon where I'm from and, you know, silver dollar speedways redeveloping it up North. So it's, it's great to be a sprint car fan. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, 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 you know, I, I, I can see why, you know, 410 racing would be more convenient. You know, you, you have, you know, you go to Ohio, Pennsylvania and places, you know, around the country and, and you get, 410 racing you know you rarely see 360s and other than california is the you know i'd say the biggest 360 scene in the world sure you know other than that everywhere else is 410 racing and and i could see why you know you get more guys traveling if you have just for a lot more 410 shows well big money 410 shows would, would make a big difference yeah and i do want to also throw this out there i'm not you know when i said i thought that uh central valley was strictly non-wing country i do recognize the heritage and appreciate the heritage of you know tim green steve kent jason myers ronnie day you know from uh the those that part of the uh tommy tarleton you know that have had extremely successful decorated careers right yeah no they definitely had some back in the day had some some good wing racing too like i said it, it was more of a back then i it was yeah i guess it still is now but when you have the the valley guys go up to up north they're like it was almost like a rivalry you know sure. it was like i didn't want they didn't want these guys to beat them and and the valley guys wanted to go up there and show them hey you know we can beat so it was it was more of a rivalry then and, and it was actually kind of a cool and i think that's what brings fans to racetracks you know when you see two guys that are you know even if there's only two guys going back and forth and and 
can have a big rivalry against each other, I think it, it excites the people. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back further back in the day, Sammy and Steve, Sammy Swindell, Steve Kinzer, there was, you know, those guys extremely competitive, pushing it to the limit. You know, Sammy Swindell doesn't like to lose. He's got that competitive spirit in him still to this day. And Steve Kinzer, who who was a guy that was just like an you know an indomitable force there for so long with the World of Outlaws. Right. Yeah. It, it even goes back farther to my, I mean, which a lot of people don't know around the world, but in, in California, my my grandpa Al Pombo and Marshall Sargent. You sure. know, <laughs> yeah. They they you know they went back and forth for so long and and would get out and fight each other on the front straightaways and go yeah. drink beer after and, and you know talk after each other and that and, you know that's that's the way it should be and that's what you know people to this day still will hear my last name and, and come talk to me about it sure. you know about them fighting and them going back and forth and that's I, I think people loved it you know they loved watching it and and it was excitement yeah and then and wouldn't you know after all that they both have a, a race together on the same weekend named in their honor the pombo sergeant classics yeah yeah it's kind of funny how that works isn't it it is. It absolutely is. But for you, when when ring, wing sprint uh, wing sprint car racing started, it was through. And correct me if I'm wrong. The Western Race Saver Series, the you know the Race Saver Sprint Division that was developed in the mid, you know, 2010s. Yeah. No. That that is correct. Yeah. My, we we've never been a, a big budget team. You know, racing for my dad. We've always been real low budget. The 305 class kind of you know, got me started and, and it was actually, I, I raced quarter midgets, uh, in 2010, I raced quarter midgets in 2009. Uh, maybe it was 2009. I raced quarter midgets and, and raced a restricted micro for maybe a half a season in 2012. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I, I just didn't, I, I wasn't, you know, too excited, I guess about it. And I, and I stopped racing, uh, I would always go help, you know, I helped Steven Tyner a couple of times. My brother raced the 305 stuff when it first started and I was helping him. And, uh, my brother couldn't race for, I don't remember what the reason was. And, and my dad, you know, was like, Hey, do you want to drive this thing? Like just to say you drove a sprint car. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know? Well, he should have done that. Cause he opened up a can of worms is what he did. <laughs> uh, I, I drove and I loved it. And, and he, so uh, that next year I raced and, we raced the 305 stuff for a few years. I started in 2018, raced the 2020. And uh, 2021, uh, I teamed up with Sean Quinn in the 28 car uh, and ran a little bit, like I want to say maybe a half a season for him and then finished off 2021 with Mike Mitchell uh, in the 98 car and then ran all last year for him and I, I can't thank them enough. You know, that's the biggest thing is, is in this racing game is opportunity. You know, and it, when you get that opportunity, you got to make whatever you can of it. And, and thankfully enough, I, I've been able to do semi decent and, and try to make myself good and, and get better every time I hit the racetrack. So I can be a Dominic Sells here, a Tim Cading or Kyle Hurst, you know, that's, that's the dream, you know, growing up watching them. And that's, that's what I'd like to do. Yes, no doubt. And, and I mean, 2023, it's going to be a very exciting year. I know that, uh, you guys were going to divvy up the schedule a little bit, like anything specific. Are you going to guy guys going to try and make a run up for dirt cup? 
in June or the Road to Dirt Cup or Trophy Cup or any marquee events that you guys definitely for sure have sharpied down on your schedule? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we do plan actually going up to your neck of the woods up there in, in Oregon and we might run, we don't know which one yet, uh, possibly the, the 410 speed week deal up there. And, uh, if not, it'll be the 360 speed week, either one, one of them we're going to do. We just haven't fully decided yet what we're going to do as far as that goes. Uh, so it, it's still like, if, uh, uh, un- we don't know, but one of them for sure, we will be going up there and running the speed weeks. Awesome. And it'll be, it'll be a first time for you. And hopefully, you know, sometimes the first time you visit places, you don't have bad, bad experience or good experience. It's, it's all, it's all, you're going in kind of blind and it, sometimes it comes all out good. Also, unfortunately it comes out all out bad, but you know, that's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm predicting that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, a good family friend of ours and he, uh, Todd Ventura, you might know who he is. Sure. Uh, yeah. he just, uh, he says some wise words and those that, that's make sure the butterflies are open. Yeah. That's all you got to make sure that's it. Yeah. And he, uh, was the first ever driver of the Roth, the Roth team, right? All the way back when they decided to fuel the sprint car. Yeah. Yep. That is correct. Todd was, uh, was the first guy to drive Yeah, for yeah. the Roth car. And, and that was, I don't, I don't remember the exact years, but he was actually, it was number four. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Dominic had a throwback at the Dennis Roth classic last October at Tulare. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's correct. And he got second. He was leading for so long and then, uh, Rico got him late. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I hear about that often because, uh, <laughs> my buddy, well, these, you guys know who he is. Corey day. Sure. He, uh, uh, I talk to him often, and he we always give him crap for that because he was up there mixing it up with Selzy and Rico, and he uh, yeah he feels like that one got stole from him. So yeah, we we like to rub it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And he, you know, he's he's an emerging about you know he's just you know an emerging talent as well as you. You know, the Ficino brothers in the last ten years, the Selzy brothers in the last ten years, the Macedo brothers. You know the last 10 years, gosh, broken record, but, uh, the central Valley strong in numbers and they're getting more and more guys in sprint cars, which is great versus, all right, these guys go out on the road and no one kind of fills their place. So, you know, we started out with 10 guys, four of them went traveling regionally or nationally. So now we're down to six. It's no, we have actually, we have 12 guys now versus the 10 we originally started with. So. Yeah. And that's a thing that keeps like, you know, that's, that'll keep sprint car racing alive is, is teams bringing, you know, guys in that they see have may have potential talent. You know what I mean? That's, you got to give them a shot. And, you know, if they don't, you know, succeed, then, you know, they tried their best and, and that's that, but, you know, you, you'll get like Carson mosquitoes and, and, you know, kids that, that come up out of micros and may not have it, you know, the first couple of seasons, but, you know, cause Carson, he, he, he tore up a lot of stuff when he first started running the sprint car stuff, but then he started getting fast and getting fast. And I mean, look at him now. Yeah. Gosh. I think one of the first times I saw him was at trophy cup one year. And I think he crashed so hard and he crashed a lot that weekend. I think it ended up with a ride in the, in the cherries and berries wagon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes, you know, that's what it takes. You know, the only thing, you know, when you make a mistake, you know, as bad as it sounds, but, 
you're learning, you know, that's, you, you know, next time, okay, I, I can't do that again, you know, so you, you got to fail to succeed. Correct. Yes. Yep. Failure is not getting up after the fall. So correct. You know, but, uh, well, uh, Michael, as far as, you know, you personally, like here we are kind of in the dying moments. If this is what we want to call the off season, it really doesn't exist anymore these days, but what are some typical things that you like to do or you like to enjoy when, when not racing on your downtime? Uh, you know, I, I'm during the wintertime, I'm usually duck hunting. That's, that's, that's what I do. I duck hunt during the wintertime and, and just hang out with friends in the shop. And, you know, that, that's, that's basically it. You know, I, I try to fish when I can, mm-hmm. but other than that, it's, it's, you know, when you're not racing, you're preparing for racing. So it, it, it's like a never ending cycle. Wow. Well, I don't want you to re- reveal the, you know, the money spots, but is it down in the central Valley where you go or do you go, do you uh, travel elsewhere in the state to go duck hunting? Uh, you know, I, I'm mainly in the central Valley, uh, okay. Mendota, California, Los Banos, those, those areas where I usually go. Okay. Uh, and the fishing stuff, same thing. The lakes are, you know, pine flats, not too far. Sure. It kind of, you know, the central Valley is, is, is good and bad. You know, the good part is you're two hours from the beach. You're an hour from the lake. Mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're in the middle of everything. Sure. It's, it's a lot like kind of where I'm at. Well, I, the only reason I was asking, cause like the Klamath Falls area or thereabouts, up here in Oregon is storied as legendary duck hunting country. And a lot of people from California travel up and, and partake in that venture. Yeah. You know, up North is, you know, where I'm at here is kind of like the, the end of the duck hunting. It kind of falls off when you get down here in the central Valley. But if, you know, if you go up to Chico and Calusa and all up there, it's, it's all really good duck hunting from what I hear. And I know the, the Carrick brothers, they, they duck hunt up there. Yeah, uh, I think they're they're around Chico area or somewhere up there, and they they do really good. So up up north is like I said, up up to where you said Klamath Falls, all through there. That's that's all really good duck hunting. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe if you go to Southern Oregon Speedway, you can uh, time it right and maybe do some like a day or two before you get racing. Yeah, you know that that would be real nice. Uh, but duck hunt doesn't start to usually. You know, it's actually, I remember this because it's the day of Trophy Cup, the last night. Saturday night, the 21st, is always opening duck hunting day. Ah, okay, okay. That shows you how much I know. I will, I will, <laughs> I will admit my my um, lack of knowledge in that department. So, I just know about it. I just don't know anything about it. So, um, yeah. If people that you want, or I should backtrack a little bit. As far as your schedule is coming out or any team news or anything of that nature, is there a good place where people can visit and and see uh upcoming dates or if you guys are doing any sort of apparel runs are there uh, is there a website or a team page uh you know i usually just everything's on my facebook it's michael palmer racing that's that's usually where i post everything and 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 that's where you can see most of it there and i uh, tend to slack off on that a little bit uh but but i know that i'm 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 focused on it this year because it's a, a big thing so i'll i'll be on top of that and and uh I should have some, I'm hoping to have some apparel coming out this year. So. Okay. And then any sponsors or specific people that you want to thank before I let you go for the night? Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of people, you know, like I, I like to thank people for my whole career. Uh, you know, like getting me started, you know, my, like my dad, my mom, you know, for them for, for getting me going and Sean Quinn for, he was the first guy to give me a shot to, to, 
you know, race a 360. So uh, him and Mike Mitchell this last year did a, did a ton for me. And like you said, we, we were pretty decent. So I, I can't, I can't thank him enough. And, you know, and Stan Greenberg and Western Metal for, for giving me a shot this year to see what we can do. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing what can all happen. And mate, I got your number saved. So if there's some good results going on, we're definitely going to check in for a progress report. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to do it. Well, and it doesn't have to be like the greatest either. Like, you know, you can tell you can tell us like, oh, we're struggling, but hey, we're looking we're looking forward to better things. You know, we're coming to Oregon. I mean, it's always great in Oregon. So Yeah, well, you know, a good thing for sprint car racing, you always there's always a time you struggle. Sure. It, that's part of it. It's a humbling sport. Right, correct. The only humbling other humbling sport I think would be boxing and UFC because especially UFC because one day you're knocking everybody down and then the next day like everyone's knocking you out. So Right, but but kind of the same in in a similar way, you know, you get a guy that's dominate and then all of a sure. sudden it's like, "Okay, hold on. Now now I'm running fifth and sixth, so what are we doing here?" Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Steve Kent said this one time at a speed week race. I think it was at Cottage Grove, he, and he got second. And, you know, he was being interviewed, and they're like, ah, second, you got to feel good. He's like, I'm just happy to finish second because this is a sport where you can win and do everything right with little effort, little to no effort. And then the next night, or, you know, that could be the last time you win. You never know when you're going to stop winning. You never know when you're going to start winning. Right. That's exactly right. You couldn't have put it any better. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm looking forward to future conversations and seeing you up here in uh, whenever it is in the summertime and uh, looking forward to seeing what you're going to do in the Stan Greenberg number 37 entry. Yeah, thank, thank you. For, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll see you in a couple months here. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this latest episode of Getting Up to Speed with me, Ben Dethridge. We hope you enjoyed this program. We hope also that you hit the subscribe button and the like button as that really helps things out, spreads things out. Be sure and share as well on social media so that more people can listen to these great interviews and from these great drivers. Getting Up to Speed is a production of High Side Racing Promotions. For more information, you can check it all out on Facebook at High Side Promotions. 